for a new episode of the Chronicles of Faye. It's time to recenter yourself. Become one with the spirits. Breathe in and breathe out. It's your time, so take it now to release yourself from the tensions of the day for a new Chronicles of Faye. I'm your hostess, Faye Wild. Let's begin with the thanking of the elements, shall we? We thank Earth for her stability and her growth. We honor her and ask her to enter our space. We thank Air for his intellect and creativity. We honor him and ask him into our space. We thank Fire for his passion and his will. We honor him and ask him into our space. We thank Water for her empathy and her healing. We honor her and ask her into our space. We thank Life for the divine forces and the intimate source. We honor them and ask them into our space. We thank light for its illumination and its revelation of truth. We honor it and ask it into our space. We thank magic for all of its power to create, to bring forth, to give us the power to explore and to experience all. We honor all and ask all into our space. Welcome, Earth. Welcome. Welcome, Air. Welcome. Welcome, Fire. Welcome. Welcome, water, welcome. (coughs) 
Welcome life, welcome. Welcome light, welcome. Welcome magic, welcome. We also thank the animal and plant spirits who give us life and sustain us. We honor them and ask them into our space. Welcome, plant and animal spirits, welcome. We also thank and honor the good fae and the good elven kindreds and the good peoples known and unknown spiritual forces beyond this plane. We honor them and thank them and ask them into our space. Welcome good kindred known and unknown. We'll open with a prayer to the divine, whoever that is for each of you, be it God, be it the spirits, we call upon the inner divine, the divine that guides and guides us all. I call upon the divine being or beings that through our consciousness, through the raising of our consciousness, we might help change the world with the inner light. So mote it be. To the hungry all over the world, I extend my inner light to the homeless who have no homes. I extend my inner light to the people suffering from mental illness. I extend my inner light to the people who are suffering physical illness. I extend my inner light to the soldiers who are fighting and dying all over the world for freedom, for peace. I extend my inner light to the oppressed all over the world who cannot fight for their own freedom. I extend my inner light.
to all those who are in hospitals right now, I extend my inner light. To those who are in prison, I extend my inner light. To the downtrodden and the lonely, I extend my inner light. To all the children who have no home, I extend my inner light. To people who are experiencing spiritual pain, I extend my inner light. To the people who feel hopeless, I extend my inner light. To all people on the planet who are suffering in any way, I extend my inner light. And we'll end with a prayer. I extend my inner light to all who need it. To the planet, to the earth itself, to the universe and the multiverse, to the kindred's good who need the inner light. I ask that this inner light be manifested in the universe and in the multiverses, that through my inner light I might bring forth changes. I call upon the power within the gifts of the divine, that I might remember the inner light within all beings. I call upon the inner light to snuff out the darkness that causes suffering, pain, loneliness, fear, illness, and all things that are not profitable. Thanks be to the divine for the gift of empathy. So mote it be. Take a deep breath in. Focus on your body. Get comfortable. Relax. Sit still. Calm. Breathe out. Breathe in, focus on your head, face, neck muscles, feeling any tension that needs to be released from them. 
Breathing out. Breathe in, focus on your shoulders, your arms, your upper chest. Breathe out. Focus now as you breathe in on your lower stomach, on your back, all the way down to the base of the spine, abdomen, down to the legs. Breathe in, focus on that calming energy going down, down to the knees, to the calves, to the ankles. Breathe in, focus on your muscles of your feet, relaxing them, calming that down, all the way down, down, down. Breathe in. Call upon that inner light within you, coming up through you, cleansing your aura of any negative energy that you might have, feeling that energy just go down through your mind, through your body, healing any tension you might be having at this moment, calming you right down. Now focus on my voice, close your eyes, let your mind drift, let your body relax, let all tension escape from the body, letting your mind be at peace, calming right down. Bringing all of that peace down into the body. There we go. Now in. Focusing on your breath and breathe out. Focus on your breath in. And breathe out. Good, good. Good. Calling on that inner energy, calming everything all the way down. And as you do, you notice that there is a light, a being of light, an angelic force that is guiding you, guiding you all the way through, through a doorway of light. And as you are going through that doorway of light, you are being guided, held. Your hands are being held by the angel and you are flying together through the light. Through the light, down into the light, deeper into the light. And as you come forward, you notice that you are being guided toward the light of the sun. But the sun's heat is not as strong right now. And it's protecting you. The angel is protecting you and guiding you. If you don't want an angel there, just focus on some being of light that is helping you.
that is helping you, guiding you. Could be a loved one. Could be a friend. Could be one of your gods that is guiding you down through that light. And as you come forward into that light, you notice you're going higher and higher into the sky. Being guided to the stars. Seeing each of one of those stars as you're guided down through the light. And as you are wandering along through the light, you see all sorts of constellations. And each constellation is its own beauty, is its own peace of the sky. And you're called to one of those constellations. Be it a constellation here or just be it a constellation of stars that looks pleasing to you. And now you go toward the starlight. Seeing the stars brighter and brighter. And you're there with the stars. Seeing the stars. And you're asking the stars if there is any wisdom that you are supposed to gain from the starlight now. And now you are going forward, guided by your angel or guided by your loved one or God or goddess or just a, a good spirit, a benevolent spirit guiding you full of that light. And now you are guided closer and closer and you see the moon. And the, the moon, the moon is so bright and full, and it's a silvery white light. And you thank the stars for the wisdom as you're being guided further and further toward the moon. And once you are near the moon, you see the moon is so beautiful. And the energy so full, so bright, so powerful that you can't help but go closer to the moon. And when you do, when you are closer to the moon, you see that its light wishes to bathe you within itself. And you're there and it's peaceful and calm and you ask your angelic friend or your spirit, whoever's guiding you, whatever wisdom I need to learn from the light of the moon, grant it now.
And now you are going forward. And as you are going now, you see that you're guided back toward the sun. Almost as if you're drawn to the sunlight, the vitality of the light. And as you are being guided toward that sunlight, you feel protected by the spirit who is guiding you, whether it be your angel, a loved one, an ancestor, a god, a goddess, or just a good spirit who wishes to guide you and be there for you. And as you're going forward, you're seeing the sunlight, feeling the sunlight on you, feeling that vitality, that healing energy of the sun. And that sunlight is so powerful, so strong, so warm, that you can't help but ask, is there any wisdom I need to learn? And now, as you thank the sun, you're being led to a place. You're led through a gate of light. Not the one that you came through, but the one that you, that you are a different gate of light. And as you come upon the light, um, the, the gate of light, it opens to you. And you're led into this meadow where every blade of grass, every ripple of the stream nearby, every bird, every tree, every plant, every animal in this field of light is filled with light. It's so bright that at first you can't focus on it because the light is so bright, so beautiful, so holy, so pure. But soon you adjust to the light and you know that this is the light of the gods, the light of, of um, this is the light that you're being guided whenever you make a good decision or you're feeling led by the spirit and you ask the field of light is there any information or wisdom I should be gaining now? And now you're being guided back through the gate of light, out into the sky, going forward. And you spend a moment to thank the stars and the moon and the sun. 
and the divine inner light for the wisdom they give you and even if you haven't gained any wisdom but you're here to seek communion just being open to what spirit gives you that's fine as well but just take a moment now to give thanks to that And now, you're slowly being guided back through the light. You're being guided back through the gate of light which the angel took you through. And now, that light is waning because it's now time for you to go back to your world back to the present and you thank the angel for guiding you through this place at this time and now you open your eyes, give a nice big stretch, take a nice deep breath for me, stand, move around the room, become aware of the present now. Well, welcome everyone to our second anniversary pod of the podcast. Um, I cannot believe that we have been together for two years. Two years of uh, moments with Faye and two years of meditations. <clears throat> two years of rituals. Two years of chats together. And I am so grateful to have people who are still listening to the podcast, still fans of the podcast, hanging on, listening to these episodes, holding on to all of the amazing energy of the podcast. You guys are so amazing. And no one likes to talk to dead air no one likes to think that they're what they're saying isn't valued and i am so grateful that all of you still listen each time we are together so i'm going to sort of do a little bit of q a here on the podcast since it has been such a while since I have done something like a Q&A or something like it. So, first of all, <clears throat> um, let's go into some things that are... Let's start with some 
reasons for different things in the podcast. And then I'll move into some things that are more personal. Um, of course, I won't share everything personal, but um, but I will share some things with you. That way you guys get to know me a little bit more as your podcast host. So, why Chronicles of Faye? Well, as you know, of course, those of you guys who have been listening know that my host name is Faye Wild, and that's the name that I use. And the reason that I use Faye Wild is because I love the fairies, as I do love all the kindreds, all the good kindreds, known and unknown. <clears throat> and I'm also into fairy and elven magic as well. And wild refers to the wild energy of nature because nature is another part of my, of uh, the reason why we have the podcast. So it is about nature. It's about connecting with nature. It's about connecting with the things around us that are, um, that are about animism and creating a space where we can be together to honor those things and honor the fact that nature is alive, that we can connect with nature through honoring the spirits of nature and and honoring that. That is why my name is Feywild. And I thought, when I put this podcast together, wouldn't it be cool if I called this Chronicles of Fae? Because it's not just Chronicles. It's sort of a witty pun, I guess, if you will. It's about the chronicles of the fairies and the spirits and nature and the journey that I have been on. But it's also Chronicles of me, Faye Wild, your hostess of the podcast. And so I thought it a a witty sort of entanglement of the reason why this podcast is here. Yes, we do have moments with Faye where I will take you places or do audio diaries and things of what's going on in my life, but they're also chronicles of my journey, chronicles, I'm chronicling all these things, experiences, spiritual practices that you can do if you choose to honor them. And so these chronicles are so important. And this podcast is so important to me. It's probably one of the few things in my life that I feel that, you know, is something that I particularly am proud of. I mean, there's there's several things, but this podcast is one of them because I just felt that, like, there weren't very many animistic practitioners doing podcasts, and... As far as I know, very few blind pagans out here talking about um, about their practice. As far as the um, as far as the podcast goes, and even though my blindness and my disability isn't the most important thing in my life, it does set me apart from a lot of pagans in that. Um, in that uh, there aren't very many chronicles of blind pagans out there, like telling people like 
this is how to do this, or this is how to do that, or whatever it is. So, the podcast is so um, much a part of everything that I stand for. Um, you know, I'm, I love magic, I love nature, I love the fairies, I love the spirits. I love learning, and to me, this is a really important experience, this this podcast, and to me, it gives me something to look forward to. I look forward to each of these, um, I look forward to each of these times where we can talk, and I can tell you what's going on in my life, and in my practice, and giving you all helpful hints in in your own practice if you practice animism. And that brings me to the next question that I will answer why animism. Well, animism is one of the oldest religions if you believe in the evolution of um, things. I believe that um, that it's sort of both that the earth did did become um, the way it is through evolution, but only through it's sort of like guided by the creative force, the gods you call on divine, the 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 source, the fairies, the helpful spirits that guided this place, and our early ancestors were animists. I mean, you can look this up yourself. A lot of the first religions in the world were surrounded with animism. And to me, it sort of is going back to the roots of everything. You know, it's it's going back to the roots of who we are as human beings, who we are as as people on the earth. And many traditions still today practice animistic traditions. Shintos, for one. A lot of native tribes in, in and not just in our country, America, but in other places, um, practice a kind of animism. Um, they practice a kind of animism. Um, and still do. Lots of places, um, a lot of African tribes, Pacific Island tribes, um, and clans, um, they still practice an animism. It's tied to their gods, it's tied to the spirits, locally to them. And, you know, to me, like, um, it just became uh, something that I felt tied ecology and paganism and honoring the spirit. Sorry about my voiceover. Um, It ties in um, what we as pagans should try to do anyway, is honor nature, honor the creation um, that the gods gave us, and honoring the spirits of those beings that are 
around and part of us and gift us with their energy and their love and their time. And, you know, to me, animism speaks of early days. I mean, when the gods walked the earth, we don't know because none of us were born at the dawn of time. You know, but as I believe that as the gods walked the earth, um, the earth was populated with all these plants and animals and and beings, you know, guardians over rivers and streams and um, parts of forests and things like that. And to me, like, that whole energy of symbiotic connection, meaning that, like, we feed off of the earth, but the earth uh, gains um, gained from our ancestors because many, you know, um, <clears throat> many, um, you know, took out invasive species that came in, or you know, the, it's just this connection that links our experiences with. Um, it links our experiences with nature and to me that became part of it and in the environment and honoring the environment and honoring um what we as pagans should be doing respecting the earth and honoring the earth she is our mother we walk on her every single day there's a chant i'm reminded of when i think of animism um and it goes like this the earth is our mother, we must take care of her. The earth is our mother, we must take care of her. With every step we walk upon, we must take care of her. Because, I mean, the earth gave us all these things. It gave us the rocks, the plants, the animals, everything, um, including like all of our natural cloth that we wear everything that we have the least we can do is return that by focusing our energy and connecting with spirits connecting with the earth itself connecting with nature and to me animism speaks so much um about that and you know um kitchen witchery when i was talking about kitchen witchery uh, several episodes back you know, kitchen witchery is another way that I can connect with, I connect, I can connect food and nature and the spirits of the animals that gave themselves to, to all of us. Um, and I, you know, I, um, that, that leads me to another thing about magic how is animism and magic linked well I think that animism and magic can be linked by calling upon the guardians of the of those rivers of those trees um, to to get the desires that we want like using the herbs um, for protection for love for prosperity for um, the things we need with the respect. And so, you know, to me, magic can be deeper on a level that, at least for me, 
it can be a deeper experience when you connect respect and reverence for the spirits asking them to activate the energy within said crystal herb whatever it is that you're using and taking all of that into consideration and to me that is really important so um that's why i practice animism that's why i i am a pagan because i believe in the gods i believe in in nature i believe in the fairies and and all the kindreds and and to me these are very special things to my heart they're very close to my heart so let's see another thing that let's get into some of the um personal things i was born visually impaired i was born blind with an eye condition called optic nerve hypoplasia I'll say that again, optic nerve hypoplasia, which means that the optic nerve that sits um, in the, that's connecting the brain to the eye um, is not developed or is shorter than it should be. It's not developed at all. It's, it can be in preemies, but I was not a preemie, so um, it just, happened that way that my optic nerves didn't develop. Um, that's why my left eye is completely blind because, um, because the optic nerve there did not develop at all. Um, or if it did, it did not develop enough to where I could see anything in that eye. And why in my right eye I can see shadows, shapes, colors, and I can see that there are things in front of me, but until I get very close to things, I can't really uh, see them. Um, and, you know, um, of course, I have to read Braille because can I see print? Yes, I can. Only to the point where, like, it has to be font 24 or larger. And 24 I can read, but not comfortably. It's sort of like I can do it, but it's something that um, it is something that takes me a while. I can read more comfortably at a 36 font. Um, but of course, most books aren't in 36 font or 24 font at all. So, and Braille is a lot faster for me. And um, I also have some stigmatism in my eyes, um, which it has been corrected when I was little, uh, was corrected through surgery. But it's, it's still there to the point where if I focus on things for too long, if I try to see things for too long, it can give me a headache. Glasses will not repair it, will not repair my eyesight. Um, operations, there's no operation that can be done to correct optic nerve hypoplasia. It is something, 
that um, just the nerves are not developed and um, you can't grow a nerve. Well, you probably could in the lab, but, you know, when you fiddle around with brains and nerves and that kind of thing, yeah, it's uh, not possible. Um, The eyeball works just fine. My eyes are perfect. They're just, um, the message is not getting from the brain to the eyeball. So it is one of the few conditions, um, that are not correctable at all. Um, that usually you're born with. And so, um, I have never known a life outside of being able to see perfectly. Um... That is just the reality of my life. And to me, you know, it doesn't stop me from connecting with spirit. It doesn't stop me from doing the things I love to do. So let's get into some of my hobbies. What are some of my hobbies? Well, I love to... um, I love to talk about, eat, and cook food, obviously. Anytime I get to talk about food, cook food, eat food, um, you know, that's one of the things I love to do because food is so tangible. And as I was saying in Kitchen Witchery, it's a magic that is very physical. Um, it's It's a very physical kind of magic. Yes, magic is very much about directing energy and that kind of thing and connecting um, your your will, your desire to, to get your magical desires that you want. <clears throat> However, it also is a lot about your senses and how you can connect your senses and how your senses are... Um, such a big part of of practice with any kind of magic that you're doing. And so that's why Kitchen Witchery is something that I feel uh, gives me more of that. Um, So to me, There is nothing more um, precious than food and learning about food and learning about sustainability and that kind of thing. I also love to make things. Um, I have drawn and painted before, mainly uh, landscape painting um, and um, I have drawn because as I, as, um, as you know, I can see color. It, is the drawing capable or comparable to someone who can see? Probably not. Well, the drawings look a bit more childish because I don't know about lines and detail and definition and shading. Yeah, probably, but it's something that I do like to do because it, it, um, it's one thing that I can do that I know that I um, do 
fairly well for someone who can see as much as I can. I'm not going to say I'm an artist or anything like that. Um, I don't draw animals or anything like that simply because to me, um, I don't know anything about drawing an animal or a creature of any kind. People I can draw, um, but only because I'm a person and I know what a body feels like, looks like, whatever, because I'm living in one. Um, but I prefer to draw like houses and landscape photo or landscape. Um, I also like to do landscape photography. Um, so I use my phone for that. Why? Because to me, I mean, will it be as professional as a regular landscape photographer? Probably not. But because you don't really need to see to do a landscape, because all you have to do is point um, your camera in the direction of what you're looking for and click, and you'll get plenty of landscape. Um, you'll get plenty of... Um, You'll get plenty of foliage and nature and that kind of thing. I don't have them now, but one time I took pictures of the ocean foam as I was standing with my brother and his wife one time um, by the ocean. Um, it was on a road above the ocean, and we were standing at a wall, and I had one of those little disposable cameras, and I was... I was pointing the camera toward the foam because to me it fascinated me um so yeah I have done uh, landscape photography um and that's always fun because even if I can't see what I capture I know what I'm trying to convey and that is my love of nature and <clears throat> that's all that matters I also write fantasy stories. I love to write fantasy stories. Um, I've been told by my friends that I'm a world builder. Give me a concept of world for a world and I'll build you one. With religion, customs, language, uh, modes of dress, whatever it is, um, I will build your world for you. That is something I love to do. So, And when I write my fantasy stories, um, I love to do that. Let's see what else. Um, I had learned recently how to finger knit. Uh, look up loop yarn. Loop yarn is basically yarn that has the loops for knitting already in it. Someone once told me that's fake knitting, but I don't buy it because to me, it's what I can do because, um, because I type so much to communicate with the outside world, to write my stories, to do some of the other things, including mudding, which I will talk about next, um, I need to be able to type, and unfortunately that has given me some carpal tunnel, which is why last year my hand was a mess, um, around my birthday, um, because I need to be able to type, um, because the fantasy stories allow me to get into a space where I can create. I've also written poetry, but it's not rhyming poetry. It's, well, some of it is, but it's not, um, it's not, um, what do you call it? 
it's not perhaps professional poetry where you have all these rhyming things and you have all this sort of it's just what I do um but I love to write poetry about fairies especially and nature um and that's important let's see what else ah yes mudding and role play I love role play I love mudding um both and and before I go further, mudding, uh, mudding, <coughs> excuse me, is the action, but the a mud stands for multi-user dungeon. Um, if you guys are familiar with tabletop role-play games such as Dungeons and Dragons, it's taking that and putting that on an internet, um, and usually, what happens is you all connect to a site um, together. For example, there are a couple of muds that I love. I love, um, oh gosh, I love all kinds of muds, but especially ones where there's a lot of crafting uh, focus more than combat because I'm not really into combat really much unless I'm using it as sort of a stress um, lever kind of thing. I'm more into like wanting to sit down and ask you your, your story or craft, make something. Because in the physical world, I can't build anything. But in a mud, you know, you can do pretty much anything. And a lot of muds now have screen reader. Screen reader meaning a program that can te- that converts t- uh, text to speech. That's what a screen reader is. Um, a program that does that is not so good at, like, maps or anything. So... It has to be uh, something that is, um, what's the word? It has to be accessible. And MUDs are a lot more accessible than, say, like World of Warcraft or um, things like that. Like, I cannot play those kinds of games. And so MUDs are really important because they are worlds in themselves that, you know, I can get lost in. What else do I like to do? Oh, I love to, um, well, I love to collect fairies. I have several fairy statues. Um, I have, um, I also like to, when I am not doing any of those things, I am, um, playing my instruments, coming up with chants, um, Coming up with things, um, those are important. So those are some of my hobbies. Um, And I hope that those have allowed, this has allowed you to sort of get to know me why I practice animism, why I do the things that I do. They're just all so important to me. And everything that I do tries to, allows me to try and and get into a place of, um, of spirit and learning and experience. Ah, yes, I love to go to farmer's markets, um, to, you know, smell the flowers that, are 
that are out or taste some of the free samples or buy local vegetables. I am a big proponent of buying locally. Now, obviously, I can't always do that because I don't have the money to buy everything locally. However, when I can, I try to buy from my local um, my local farmer's market. Like I said, it's not very often, but when I do go, I love to go. And um, I also like to go to Renaissance fairs and medieval-style things because I'm into medieval history. Um, to me, there's nothing... I mean, yes, medieval history is about knights and chivalry and that kind of thing, and those are important. But I want to know, like, the daily life of a medieval commoner or royal or soldier or something like that. And I just love to learn... Anyway, I love to learn about medical history... Um, the Victorian era, the Tudor period in England, the Edwardian era, these, these all fascinate me. Even the Regency era in England fascinates me. I'm an Anglophile, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm a staunch Anglophile. I love the royal history, the history of the royal family, um, not just ours, but all of the royal family history. I love learning about history. I love learning about cultures. Um, I would call myself a very, very minor apprentice of anthropology, meaning that I don't have a degree and I've never like read any books on anthropology, but customs, cultures, um, customs and cultures and the way, why people do the things they do not so much about psychology of like getting into the mind although that is interesting I like to know why um, people did what they did why they buried their dead or left them on the mountaintop or whatever it is that they do why do they dress a certain way why do their shamans wear a certain color why do they eat this food but not that food? I love um, cultures, and I have for many years. And to me, learning about cultures, learning about um, why people do the things they do, paranormal stuff is fascinating to me as well. Um, but... Excuse me. I'm more selective when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, I like to learn about certain places. I don't know. Just I love to learn about all kinds of things. I have a very curious mind. So I hope that you've enjoyed this, and we'll talk later. <laughs> Alright, so today I'm going to talk about elemental magic. I'm, um, if you remember, a couple weeks back we talked about elements, the elements and how they can affect you. And how you can affect the elements by becoming attuned to them. Um, before I get started, as you know, sometimes during the podcast, 
um, I might have to uh, drink some water. And I know it's not professional, but however, I do dehydrate easily. And it is something that I need to do. And it also um, keeps me from coughing, um, which is something that I do because of my health. So, you know, it's just something that uh, that I cannot completely prevent. Especially when I do these long talks with you guys for a while. So, as we were talking about last time about the elements and how you can tune yourself to them by by being part of them, why elemental magic and why the elements are so important? Well, the elements are so important because they they can, with the extension of our will, focusing on that element, bring an amplifier to the elemental power that you want. You want more stability in your life. You want to work with food magic, herb magic, stone magic. You want to work with um, animal magic of any kind. Um, You need to use earth magic because earth magic is a big part of those elements. And so using things of the earth to focus on to bringing them into your life can help you to attain those things. Air magic. So air magic is very much about communication. It's very much about communication. You need uh, you need to go for a job interview and you need more communication so that you can communicate um, for example what you want to say how you want to say it you call upon air magic feathers and and um, yellow stones sky blue cloth or lavender cloth using air magic can help you do that you want more prosperity, more passion in your life, more love in your life. As I said in the Love Magic one, I know that I refer back to other episodes, but just because I want to show you the context and connections that I make in my mind. So forgive me for that. But if you want more like um, passion in your life, you want more prosperity, you want good success in your business, um, using... Fire magic can give you the kick that it needs for your fire magic to to bring in those things. You want healing magic. You want empathy magic. You want to do things with... Um, you want to do things like going on spiritual journeys and inward reflection... You need to use water magic. Um, So water magic is really important for those. You want to see beyond this world. You want to do more divination. You want to connect with the gods, the source, and the spirits. You need to focus on the life magic. You want more like 
uh, fertility, not just of the earth, like growing things or like birth or that kind of thing, but fertility within your life. Um, you want life magic. You want the vitality of that life magic. You want, um, you want things in your life that are obscured, perhaps your divination, things weren't very clear, um, you want to sort of eliminate self-truths within yourself, using light magic can help you with that. You want to focus on creation or inspire inspiration. You want to bring in more magic into your life, in in like to your dreams and your possibilities in your everyday life. Working on magic itself, calling upon the magic that is within things, within the air, within everything around you, calling more of that magic to you can can help you with that. So why do I focus on elemental magic? Because elemental magic can be very um can be very powerful um a lot of pagans use the elements perhaps not in the ways that i use them but um but i use them and call on them and Sorry about that. Um, so calling upon the the powers of the elements, awakening your own inner intuition, bringing that closer to you can give you more elemental powers. So what do I mean by elemental, using elemental magic? Well, there are stones and herbs, of course, that correspond to particular things like I was talking about with protection magic, sandalwood and dragons of the sea salt. If you want more love in your life um, for yourself or you, you want to spread your love to family member, friend, using like rose quartz and rose petals and cinnamon, uh, dressing your candles with cinnamon to bring passion into your life. You want more communication using heliotrope and, and basil um, for communication. Um, those can be awakened through calling on the elements of those plants, calling upon the correspondences, calling upon the energies that's, that's there. So... Um, if you're feeling like your mind is clouded, taking like um, wearing yellow, for example. Yes, it's about cheerfulness and that kind of thing. And maybe I'll do an episode on color magic one of these times and talk about like color magic. But wearing yellow or carrying yellow citrine um, in your pockets. Um, using oils and herbs that bring clarity into your life 
that can uncloud your mind. You're feeling like your emotions are all a tangle, carrying the rose quartz and calling upon the water magic of emotion and empathy and using and calling upon the waters within the stone. Um, because rose quartz is also good for emotional regulation as well. Um, feeling like you're not getting any answers in your dreams, having some, um, having some amethyst to awaken, uh, the intuition, um, in your mind and calling upon the powers of, of life and divinity, um, calling upon the powers within that and bringing those things it's all connected at least to me it's all connected um using the elements in that way can definitely enrich your practice enrich your life bring you into a space where you are connecting with the elements However, some people don't want to get so entangled with the elements, and that's fine. Maybe they only see four elements instead of my seven. That's fine, too. Um, maybe they see... Um, maybe they see that the elements are just there as part of a bigger picture. That's fine, too. But for those of us who need more of a connection with nature, because nature is so full of the elements, so full of, I mean, the trees in the forest, they don't just rely on earth to keep them stable. They rely on light of the sun. They rely on rain. They rely on on wind to... Um, to help them shed their leaves at the end of their growing cycle. They require fire if, say, um, a fire is more beneficial to, um, to helping them to, uh, maybe if it's a rotten tree, maybe it needs to be burned, or um, anything like that. It's all connected. The elements work in concert with each other and if you're connected with that elemental magic and elemental power then maybe for you maybe for you your magic can become richer stronger and more alive at least for me it does um perfect example of one of the things i love to do because it's so Elemental and raw and powerful is to stand, perhaps not in the middle of the f of a of a thunderstorm, but nearby a, a thunderstorm, and listen to the wind, listen to the thunder, feel the the air shake as the thunder passes, seeing if I can catch a flash of the lightning. Can't always do it, but oh, sometimes when I can. It is so awe-inspiring and so powerful. It's it's as if nature is speaking to me in those moments. And that's why the elements are so important to me. And that's why I think that 
when you use elemental magic to enrich your own practice, it can give you a lift. It can give you uh, something to look forward to. So I know this is a short talk on elemental magic. However, I did go more into detail about the elements in you during that topic. So I hope that you um, take this to heart and that you find it useful. And just find some way to get you into an elemental, um, an elemental attunement, as it were. Also... Once I have collected all of the all of the meditations, there will be a challenge which will be announced um, once we have concluded with all of the elemental meditations um, that I have um, that I have done um, and that of course will have to wait so. Take care and love and light. And welcome back. Before we close out, we wish to thank and honor the spirits who have been with us today. We thank the good kindreds, the fairies, the elven kindreds, and all the kindreds of good who are known and unknown. They may depart if they wish. Farewell, known and unknown. We thank the plant and animal spirits who give us life and sustain us. They may depart if they wish. Farewell, plant and animal spirits. We thank magic for all of its power and its beauty of exploration. All may depart if it wishes. Farewell, magic. We thank light for its illumination and truth. It may depart if it wishes. Farewell, light. We thank life. For they are the forces divine, the intimate source, unparalleled and vast. They may depart if they wish. Farewell, life. We thank water for her power of empathy and healing. She may depart if she wishes. Farewell, water. We thank fire for his passion and his will. He may depart if he wishes. Farewell, fire. We thank Air for his intellect and creativity. He may depart if he wishes. Farewell, Air.
We thank Earth for her growth and stability. She may depart if she wishes. Farewell, Earth, and blessed be.